Hi, everyone. Welcome to Golf in the Mind. I'm Jack Schultz. I'm here, as always, with Mike Miller. Hey, Mike. Hey. And today we are joined by Adam Fonseca of Golf Unfiltered. So thanks, Adam, for being here. Not a problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to have guests because, you know, get, hearing the same people talk over and over can get a little boring. So well, just, <laughs> just you, probably. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, news in golf, I think. Uh, the, the biggest the biggest thing, other than Jason Day winning, uh, has been Tiger in the last few days making another public appearance and hitting a few wedge shots into the water, and that's how we're going to start today. Uh, if you didn't know, he did a media day for the Quicken Loans National, his, his tournament, at Congressional, and hit three straight 100-yard shots into the water gave up and it was really 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 awkward to watch if you haven't seen the video just prepared to cringe i mean if you give him a break it was 102 oh <laughs> good yeah did have, have, did you guys both seen it right yeah oh yeah oh yeah did uh, I, I i watched it right before this and just was squirming at how how uncomfortable everything was i don't know i mean the first shot went about 80 <laughs> you could i saw that one splash did the others not uh, either came up just short or rolled back in, but yeah. From my understanding, the first one went about eighty, like Mike said, and then the second one went a little further, but still found water. And then the third actually hit the bank and rolled back in, so yeah. he got closer every time. Yeah, and and I think the thing stuck out to me was right before he hit the last one, you could hear him mumble to himself, "Come on, Tiger!" Like he's just like fighting with himself to not to not mess up, and like he knows the implications that. You know, random people with golf blogs will be talking about it for for a while now. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, he, uh, do you think he had a range session before that, or did he just go? You know, press conference, hit three shots, press conference, get out I of think, there. I think he had eggs before it, and then just walked up to the tee and said, "Okay, I forgot I got to do this, and there's a contest <laughs> behind it, and I'm going to try to not make a fool out of myself." But he did anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so hard to relate to that. You know, he's, what, he's 40 now? And I, I don't understand the whole you-need-to-warm-up thing at this point where I'm 25 and I'm still lucky enough to be to be limber where I should be able to go up and hit 100-yard shots. I've seen you start out at the range, and I can't imagine swinging a full shot the way you do in your first swing. <laughs> oh, I forgot you made a comment about that this weekend when we were playing. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I, I'm probably closer to Tiger than you as far as being stiff going up and hitting a first shot because I I can empathize. I think the first six shots I hit usually on the range probably are under 50 yards. Just to get I mean, the, to just to get no, the no no I mean that's it's not like I'm hitting a you know a 60 and just you know finding the face. I've been like I'm hitting a 54 and actually just trying to work up into it, but they they just don't go very far. Yeah, so I think. The big question here is, what does it mean in terms of his his process of returning? Will it will it delay it? Uh, is this how Tiger actually is? Is it just how it warms up? I mean, there there are a lot of conclusions to draw from it, at a, but it's hard because it's a video on Instagram. <laughs> well, I think I don't know. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can take into this or take out of it. I think at this point. It just all falls into line with all the stuff that's coming out about Tiger Woods recently. And, and it really, it's all of his own doing, if you think about it, because he doesn't say anything. 
And the only time that anything ever comes out of Tiger Camp or the Tiger PR machine, as I've coined it, you know, it's it's just uh, we see him hit. It's always in response to something else that has come out that someone else uncovered. And you know, I, I if you guys listen to my show and you listen to my site or read my site, we uh, I've had people tell me that he was unable to sit up in a car seat. I've I've had people from very reliable sources tell me that he's just at one point early in the year almost an invalid in terms of being unable to move and then this kind of gets out in the open and all of a sudden we see this video of tiger hitting on a golf simulator i assume in his house and if you notice there were no other golf balls <laughs> it was just <laughs> the one shot uh, that just so happened to make it on instagram and this is just another example of of you know this guy is not ready to come back to golf and why would he be i don't understand at any point that anyone, including himself, he was thinking about, he said he might play in the players, what was that, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. How? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I mean, understand it. Yeah, you're absolutely right with the whole the whole Tiger PR machine. Uh, the, when, you, when you started out there, I was like, oh yeah, that 9-iron or whatever it was into his simulator was right after some article came out about how Tiger can't even stand up. And I guess when you see, you've seen, uh, we've seen a few full swings now out on courses. Uh, the the one opening was at the opening round at his course with David Faraday mm-hmm. commentating, where he like swings and then he just stands stands straight up at the end, like he doesn't look like he's able to go through the ball. Yeah, it's one. I don't know if uh, you guys are younger, but uh, I'm in my mid thirties, and it's uh, I've had back issues in the past i've not had a procedure done on my back but i'm sure if anyone you know who has had a back procedure of any kind you understand that any bending is going to be detrimental to your recovery and the golf swing as you guys well know is probably one of the most violent mechanical body movements that any sport has save for football you know being uh, being just completely concussed you know tell the truth (laughs) but it's 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 a horrible body movement for a bad back and you know this guy i just don't understand i mean he's had three procedures guys since september i mean how do you how do you come back from that yeah well i don't think you do in a year yeah that At that, at this point yeah that brings up like a few things uh, first of all, is uh, I love I love Tiger's swing. Uh, looking back, like 2004, and you see the progressions from when he was an amateur to like the mid 2000s to 2004, 2005, and it's it's sad to see how he swings now. But you're exactly right with the whole the whole uh, back injury, getting older, stiffer. Like you look at the the guys in the senior tour. What the the one that comes to mind is Tom Watson. He would he recently switched to Callaway, I believe. And uh, I've seen the commercials on the Golf Channel, and he swings, and it's just like straight upright and very, very arm swing. But that's the way uh, that's the way he has to swing now. Uh, you see Jack Nicklaus, uh, the par three contest at Augusta, and that's the way it is. Uh, so I guess it is somewhat inevitable uh, that Which as you get older. Kind of, yeah, it, it is, and it's kind of sad that we're comparing a forty-year-old man to you know sixty-plus. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I mean, that's what it becomes that becomes the new normal for someone who goes through these these procedures and you know i by no means am a doctor but i've spoken to my fair share and they all tell me the same thing 
look at Fred Couples. I mean, this is a guy that has to pick his spots in his tournaments based on how he's feeling that morning, essentially. Yeah. Fr- Fred Couples has had to pick his spots for 20 years now. Absolutely. It's the same thing that Tiger's going to have to go into. And I'm telling you, I mean, I wrote a piece not too long ago, and we were talking about just hypothesizing what could we expect from Tiger at this point. And is the John Deere Classics not out of play for this guy now? Mm. You know, I mean, you have to assume that if he, if the goal is for him to play more, and it's to play more than just the majors, he's going to have to pick these off schedule events, meaning, and I'm using air quotes over here, meaning events that he's not played in the past. And we kind of got a taste of that last year when he played at the window. Yeah, I mean, he's he can't play in the playoffs, obviously. Well, probably obviously. And, uh, I mean, if he's not coming back for the playoffs, that's four events. He's not going to be in the Ryder Cup. He's not going to probably be playing in, I don't know, the Olympics seem a bit far-fetched, maybe. But, uh, yeah, there's there's not too many events in the summer that are not, you know, huge events. Yeah, that's the way it is now. Of uh, With the Olympics jammed in there, as soon as, I guess, we get done with this week and next week the old Colonial, you know, you're, you're at the Memorial and you're at high, high-profile events throughout the next two months where every week is a big week and everybody's playing. Yeah, and it's essentially going to be him looking at that schedule and comparing it to how he feels every morning. Yeah. You know, and the bad thing is that he's never given any indication as to any timeline that he's on. I mean, even during his presser uh, at, at Colonial, he basically said, I believe it was, I can come back next week or I can come back next year. I mean, he doesn't even know. Now, depending on how you look at that, he might be, you know, feeding the media a line as he likes to do throughout his career. But I honestly don't think this guy has any idea what he is going to be well enough to come back. And I think what we saw with three shots in the water, whether or not you believe he did that on purpose or not. <laughs> <laughs> there's that, yeah. <laughs> the Tiger True, there's hashtag Tiger True. I mean, that's what we're going to have to, That that's his new normal, as I said earlier. He's going to have to base whatever he does at this point on the health of his back. And that brings up another another point that I've been thinking about recently with uh, the NBA playoffs. Kind of a kind of a adjacent thing here is about how in uh, how LeBron has avoided injuries like these, and how important in sports like longevity and not getting injured is. And you don't think about that much with golf because you know it's the sport that old retired guys who can't play other sports play. Uh, but this is like this is a prime example in Fred Couples too of people who don't get injured just are able to play longer, are able to keep the same swing, and just don't have these issues. Uh, I'd never imagined that Tiger would get to this point, but but it just goes to show how important injury prevention in in all sports is. That's absolutely true, and I mean, a lot of it has to do with the the, the take of the golf swing that he was. Or the version of the golf swing that he learned growing up, I and mean, it was violent. I mean, we all remember watching, you know, videos uh, of just his entire body just whipping around a pivot point. That I mean, the back of his his uh, club head would go almost twice around. I mean, that's just how much coil that he would have in his follow through. And I mean, over time, I mean, that's going to 
play a toll on on your back, let alone your any other joint uh, that he's injured over the years, his knees and what have you. And at the time when he was doing that, back in 96, 95, 97, I mean, he was a wiry kid. Yeah. And now yeah. he's, you know, this this regimen that that he and others have have you know taken under their their, uh, their program or whatever. It's, it's just so much more mass to move in that same capacity. And, and younger guys now, like Rory and and well, Rory not so much because he kind of does the same thing. But Ricky and Jordan, I mean, they have more of a classic golf swing where there's much less torque on the back. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you kind of got into it a little bit. What Tiger put on so much mass, he kind of goes beyond. Even you know Rory earlier this year, I forget if it was a tweet or on Instagram where he came at uh, Brandel Chambly about his workout routine and how you know that's the new normal. I mean, Tiger in the early mid two thousands went well beyond what the normal is as far as you know. He said even today he said he was running thirty thirty five miles a week on tournament weeks. Plus his workout regimen, plus his practice rounds, plus his playing rounds. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the workout stuff too, and this is, applies to Rory, is for injury prevention. Now I don't know what Tiger was doing, but uh, I'm sure now that the people realize this and they realize all the stress, and that their workouts are focused on, hey, I have this violent swing. Let's do let's do exercises to to work on preventing injuries like this. You know, injury prevention is one thing, and I agree. I mean, that, that's absolutely the case, and, and they want to kind of build that, that stability around all those joints that we were talking about. But in the same instance, you have to wonder how much is too much just for the, the sport that you're trying to play. You know, and it's it's uh, Rory, I think, has gotten to the point where if he's smart, and it seems like he's he has been smart about the way that he's built up his physique and, and, and uh, the everything else that goes into to his workout regimen, if he continues to be smart, he won't have the same issues, hopefully, knock on wood, that Tiger has. Uh, Tiger, uh, Mike, as you pointed out, he went the entire different direction. And, I mean, he went to the extreme, and that's probably underselling it. He went to the Navy SEAL <laughs> wannabe extreme, working out with them extreme, right? That's right. And we all read that uh, that Wright Thompson piece in, in SI, I believe, or ESPN. It was incredible. I mean, this guy... It just goes so much deeper, and I don't know how far down the, that rabbit hole you guys want to go, but I mean, it's just, it all stemmed from, as in that piece, uh, as that piece uh, suggested, it all stemmed from the death of his father, and he wanted to uh, to prove something to himself, and that just kind of set the whole snowball rolling, and this is the result of years of just punishing yourself. Now, this kind of segues into the last point I wanted to talk about with this is how much of this do you think is physical as opposed to in his head? Uh, now, when I stopped playing golf in college, it was because I got the yips uh, with long shot. And uh, I absolutely can relate to what Tiger's going through. I'll stand over shots. You know, I played a, I played a round yesterday, and I s- stood over these shots that were 100 yards long and just, like, couldn't pull the trigger, knew it was going to go bad, and ended up just like kind of half chunking these shots exactly what he did and so so when i look at tiger swinging i don't see someone who's whose back is hurting necessarily i'm seeing someone who who's just scared and nervous and knows he hits bad shots more often now and doesn't want to doesn't want to hit them you know it's a good question and 
I think the easy answer would be for me to say it's a little bit of both, but I really do feel that it's mainly mental at this point because you can heal from most injuries, especially after you have the injuries treated, and these guys have the best physios and, and rehabilitation teams that money could pay for. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head there, Jack. I mean, uh, yes, this is a guy that for as long as we can remember, as golf fans can remember, most of my golf-watching life has been under the spotlight. And now he has to live up to the expectations that he had us all create based on his own success. And like you pointed out, he knows everyone's going to be watching. Everything is going to be scrutinized. Everything is going to be put under the microscope much more severely than ever before. And now this is the third time he's had to go through this. I mean, I admit, I can't believe this guy hasn't had a mental breakdown. Exactly. I mean, like, I, it's funny how much we talk about Tiger. Like, we've spent, you know, 15 minutes here talking about him, a video on Instagram. Uh, in the previews that I write for the PGA Tour events, I must mention Tiger in half of them. And it's just because, like, oh, remember this time Tiger did something amazing. And it's, like, I, I love to bring up... Tiger stats, and Mike knows this one because I talk about it a lot, but in terms of victories on the PGA Tour right now, I think Tiger has like 18 or 18 World Golf Championships, and there have been like 40 contested that he's played in. That's like half of them. Nobody has over 18 wins other than that. You know, he's so much beyond everything else, and like that's what happens is people like us and everybody talks about him. And that's, like, you know, as much as I can relate to a you know, yipping on shots and being afraid to pull the trigger, I can't imagine having everybody comment on it instantly. Well, I well, mean, I'm, go ahead, Mike, sir. I, I was going to bring it back to what you said earlier about, you know, the Tiger Woods media machine. That's kind of his creation. That's Everyone talks about it because he basically either doesn't say anything or comes back at somebody or, you know, it's a few years ago at the Masters when he came back, he was, people are saying, you know, it's a super your first tournament back in a while, what are your expectations? His expectations, he said, were, you know, to win. What else would they be? Yeah, I mean, he's not going to say anything different. And and on that point of, you know, the, the the media machine and the PR machine, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's it's a making of his own, it's a, it's a creature of his own design. And on that point, though, I mean, he's got the best guy to head that machine in Mark Steinberg. I mean, uh, if you talk to anybody who's written in the golf space for a while, you'll tell they'll tell you that Tigers and his his team have their favorite guys and the guys that they just absolutely shun. And I'm talking about journalists. And you can run the gamut, and there are many examples. Steve Elling, uh, Robert Lucetich for a while, the guy who actually uh, you know got a lot of a lot of flack for writing that piece about um, that led to the Tiger simulator shot that we were just talking about a little earlier. And, I, and I've spoken to Robert uh, a couple times on that topic, and he says, yeah, I mean, if you say anything negative about Tiger and these guys catch wind of it, they're going to just completely push you out of the bubble. I experienced that myself when I worked at the Back Nine Network. We were told you can't write anything negative about Tiger because we were trying. they were trying to do a, a specific business deal. But the fact of the matter is, these guys want to control everything that happens around Tiger. Phil Mickelson's got the same situation going on. There are many others that I'm sure you could, uh, we could probably throw back and forth. But as soon as anything 
out of their control occurs, like what we saw with Tiger hitting three balls in the water, on purpose or not, <laughs> um, they don't have any control over that, and so they, they don't really know how to respond. And quite frankly, I think that delays the whole process a little bit more in terms of him coming back. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. I mean, I'm I definitely want Tiger to come back. I want him to play well. I love I love watching Tiger playing well, and I hope that's the case. And I'm assuming both of you guys are in the same boat of wanting to see him play good golf again. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I definitely would like to see him play well, especially with uh, you know the the group of guys that we got right now, Jason Day and Ricky and Rory and Spieth, and I mean, that would be a, a fun group to see him compete with. Absolutely. Completely agreed. All right, moving on. Uh, Golf Digest had a article come out today with some quotes from uh, Paul McGinley, former Ryder Cup captain for Europe. Uh, and this goes right along the lines of what we were talking about with mental issues. Uh, and he goes, to, he goes on and talks about how Rory's issues are not talent, uh, but are in his head. And one of the quotes is that for some reason, his, talking about Rory's concentration levels are, going, are down, and he doesn't know why. Uh, I'm in the camp of Rory has the most talent out of anybody, uh, if he can just figure it out. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I agree. I, I completely agree with you. I think he's got the most talent of the big three, uh, between him, Jordan, and, and uh, Jason. Um, and he's shown that. He'll just blow fields away when he's playing well. Um, just some impromptu Twitter poll that I ran because I love that feature, by the way, on Twitter. <laughs> I asked, you got either guy at their best, who do you take head-to-head? And you've got, I, I asked Jason Day or Rory, and most people said Rory, and I think most people agree with that. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a tough uh, case to crack here, but I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Jack. I think he's by far the most talented. I would, uh, I mean... To get to the next most talented, I mean, Jason Day right now is playing pretty well. When you can, you know, win by what do you win by three or four this week with three fluffed chips on nine? Yep. Uh, he's approaching that level. Uh, the only other guy that I'd bring into that um, conversation would be probably Dustin Johnson, who I don't think has ever gotten it uh, all together in his head for you know being able to just walk away from fields with the amount of talent that he has. You know, Dustin's an interesting name. Um, he just doesn't care. <laughs> just, uh, I mean, that, that's probably unfair of me to say, but he obviously cares. But I, he just doesn't seem like it. And, Mike, I think you're right because he's a guy that has every possible – I'm going to use the cliche term – athletic capability. Oh, you know, they always say he's such an athlete. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he's just scary talented – but he hasn't had that ability, or he hasn't shown the ability to kind of harness all of that from the mental side um, to to close it out. And we've seen many examples of of him flundering. Yeah, I think it's uh, those those four guys, Spieth and Jason Day, I'd put into one group, uh, and Rory and Dustin Johnson in the other. You get you get Spieth, and when they show him on TV, he's having these long conversations with his caddy Michael Greller about. You know, watch out for here. Do we put it here? I remember what it was. I think the Hyundai Tournament of Champions, where Spieth won. I, if I remember correctly, and it was some some par four where he ended up hitting like a four iron layup off the tee, and he had a minute long conversation. 
And, you know, you see that. You see Jason Day's elaborate pre-shot routine where he, like, stands behind it, closes his eyes, does this, like, half step and a pause, gets over it, does everything the same every time. You know, you see that, and then you look at Rory, and you just kind of see him get up and hit it. You look at Dustin, and you see him get up and hit it. Uh, based on what we see on TV, it's easy to split, but it's we don't know what's going on in Rory and Dustin Johnson's head. So it's it's, it's hard for us to stand here... And uh, and actually say, hey, they're not really trying, but that's sure what it looks like on TV. I mean, that's you know they could have tried other things. They could have tried more elaborate pre-shot routines, and they found that you know this is how I perform the best. You know, the longer I wait over it, the more you know more thoughts creep into my mind, and that could be you know a negative for some players. So maybe that's it's hard to say whether it's good or bad for <laughs> Rory and DJ to get up there and just hit it you know it's it's interesting there's a lot that there's only so much that we can go off of when we watch these guys on tv and a lot of it has to do with body language and you know rory's got criticism for having poor body languages as dumb as that sounds i mean that's all we have to to base opinions on sometimes and you know i i think it's not too outlandish to suggest that he just doesn't showcase the same body language that others who have been great at this game have showcased. He just kind of walks around. He kind of is a little lackadaisical with whatever we see. He's extremely private. You know, we, we only see a few things that are very structured in terms of social media. If he's doing squats or if he's doing some workout regimen that we see in a Nike commercial. Yeah, but other Nike. than that, we, we don't really hear anything else. Whereas, if you know, some of the names that you guys brought up, you know, with Jordan and and uh, you know even Ricky and and even Jason Day now, they're becoming more more social. You see him on Snapchat, you see him on Twitter, you see him all over the place. You don't really see Rory too much. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how much of that is you know agent wise, uh, where people are telling him, "Hey, you shouldn't be doing this because." Uh, you could say something dumb or how much of it's his personality too like ricky on snapchat i was looking at these before you know they they're out at oakmont you get to see you get to see that part of them and i guess that if we're talking about brands that fits in with the uh the cobra the cobra brand of being a you know kind of an outlandish person and relatable whereas you know look at nike with tiger and rory and it's more it is more structured and more like fancy, like we do things right. So I'm cu- I, I'm curious about Rory's actual personality to see if it goes along with the story we see online and social media. It'd be really interesting, and I know that you know apparently they, meaning uh, Jordan, Smiley, Kaufman, Ricky uh, Fowler for the whole Spring Break 2016 scene uh, that they did on Snapchat. Apparently they they invited Rory to go. Right. And yeah, and apparently he turned it down. So I. Maybe it, that? He, had a, he had a vacation with his girlfriend planned or something, I believe. Yeah. God, girls. <laughs> <laughs> I know, just ruining everything, not letting yeah, him play golf. Yeah, but yeah, that's exactly right. And apparently he, he said that he regretted not going. But, you know, I just don't see that whole Snapchat spectacle playing out the same way if Rory was there. Yeah. Oh, just want to say one thing quickly. Mike is marrying my sister, and she's very good at letting us play golf. That's what <laughs> she let us do this weekend. So. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> to do it there. Thanks, Sarah. We only played 45 holes. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, overall, it seemed, it does seem like Rory doesn't have the same attitude 
as Spieth and Day, whether that's good for him or bad. I, the one thing that stuck out in my mind was uh, this year at the Honda Classic, on the 13th or 14th hole at PGA National, he hit two fairway bunker shots in a row that clipped the lip. Like, that that's just something that you wouldn't expect to see out of, you know, the third-ranked player in the world. Uh, but that just goes along with, uh, with the attitude. Yeah, it's a mental lapse that you, like you said, wouldn't expect from someone like him. And I don't know. I mean, is it all in preparation? Is it lack of preparation? Is it, you know, whatever it is, you're right. He just doesn't come across as that same, having that same level of mental toughness that, you know, Tiger had, of course. Everyone's going to compare everyone else to him. Uh, but even some of the greats in the past, you know, Jack, Arnie, you know, we watch videos of all of that. They just are, were known to just beat a golf course and a tournament field with their brains. You know, Rory, he goes out and does it with his brawn. And I don't know. I'm not a pro golfer, but, I, you know, we, we all write about it. What is better? I think what we've seen over history is you got to outthink a golf course. You can't necessarily just go out and try to overpower it all the time. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue uh, into the last talking point here uh, is the whole data-driven golf movement. Uh, the Wall Street Journal had an article this morning, and this has been popping up too in the last the last years overall, about how uh, Danny Willett used... Uh, he was the feature. He uses analytics to make better decisions on the golf course. Uh, the 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 main thing they brought up and the main point, or one of the stats they talked about, was how on par fives they discovered turns out it's better to be closer to the hole than to lay up to a yardage you're comfortable with. Uh, while that's kind of uh, like obvious to me, uh, there are definitely some. Uh, analytics that I can see working, especially with a Pete Dye type golf course where you have to miss it in the correct spots. And this is this is becoming a much more major focus on tour. Yeah, Mark Brody is the guy that everyone who watches PGA now knows the name Mark Brody. He's the guy that came up with the strokes gained metrics. And he'll probably say the same thing, and I think he actually did, about hitting the longer club into a par five, you just end up scoring better. I, I don't know. I mean, I've tried it with my own game. We were talking before we started recording that, Jack, you tried it with yours. And, and, and Mike, I'm sure you've probably done the same. I, I don't know. I We kind of go off of what, what the experts tell us. But it's funny because analytics in sports have been around forever. Or at least, well, not forever. Most recently, they, we've seen an upshoot in them. And it all kind of started with Moneyball, right? I mean, the whole sabermetrics thing in baseball. Now we're kind of seeing that in golf. And I don't know, do we call it Willick, Willett metrics? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. But it's it's definitely becoming more of a, uh, a thing that we see among these pros because they've got this stable of, of you know, like we were talking earlier. We, they've got the, the, the physical therapists. They've got the mental coaches. They've got the swing coaches. And they've got a data guy. They've got their so, statistician. Yeah, and it's just that's what it's going to take, or at least that's what they think it's going to take, in order to succeed on today's PGA Tour. Now, whether or not that's going to pay off, I mean, Danny Willett, with a, you know, he's, a, he's an N of one, I mean, he, at least as far as we know, uh, won the Masters using analytics. Great. I'm sure that there's trends that you can follow um, and all that, but time will tell. Um, there's the old adage, and this is coming from a, from a guy that, in my day job, uh, I'm a stats guy, and 
there's an old adage that there's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's statistics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the the thing with the the Wall Street Journal article, it made it seem a little bit like nobody has used stats before. And I think there was a quote in there like, oh, more play, players are beginning to play the percentages. I, I don't think that's necessarily true at all. Uh, going back, you'll, I'm sure you can get quotes from the, the greats of the past about how, oh, you know, the pin's tucked over there and it's downhill slope. You probably don't want to hit it over there, so I'm going to, you know, err to the to the right side. You know, that sort of stuff's been been around forever. So, so I don't know how much this this data in per- percentages, like, okay, if you quantify it specifically. I don't know how much better that is than just uh, saying, oh, I'm not going to hit it to the left here because it's bad. Well, yeah, I, I, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of goes quite a bit further than that, I would say, because you can kind of compare your stats in so many different areas now than they had 15 years ago with uh, the type of tracking they have. It, you know, They're basically tracking every shot as far as distance and where it goes. Uh, you can see, you know, where you stack up with against every player on PGA Tour in every category and say, hey, you know what, I'm ranked 200th in my long irons, and maybe that's holding me back. Yeah, it's, and it, it's spreading into the amateur game, too, right? I mean, we've got game golf. We've got oh, there's, there's got to be, what, five of them now? Yeah, it's crazy. And, and, you know, I've, I don't know, you guys have probably tried them, and okay, I mean, now we know how far we hit the ball. <laughs> I mean, did we really need a, a device to tell us how far we hit the ball? But to the point of, you know, pay, playing the percentages, I mean, there's probably a lot to that. I'm sure that there is. Otherwise, why would it exist? But at the end of the day, the guy still has to hit the shot. Yeah. You know, it, it really just boils down to you have to execute the shot. You can certainly pull the right club for whatever situation you want to be in or, or that you're trying to put yourself in, but you still have to execute the shot. Yeah, I mean, if, if you know you have a 5% chance of you know, doing better if you hit it in this certain spot, well, that's all great, but how are you going to... I mean, th- things like how are you going to account for a gust of wind? Uh, like, all, all that's in there. I, if, I, I don't know. It's hard with us, you know, being amateurs and not at that level to to be thinking about slight percentage gains to get you, you know, 0.3 of a shot per round. Whereas there's much simpler simpler things we can do bec- uh, to help our games instantly, like... Not skull bunker shots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hitting it better and just, you know, thinking overall. Like, put, taking the right club is a big one that I've noticed. Like... A lot of times they just don't hit the right club to get there. Maybe that would be something to initially start on, is figuring out how far you hit the things. Going to the short game area and not spending any money to practice that instead of going to the driving range. I mean, that's something yeah. I have to not do, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's why I like the the field near my house, in the uh, parents' house in Milwaukee, where you can hit you know, 100-yard wedge shots for free and go pick them up and work on your chipping. That's the best. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see with Bryson DeChambeau coming up to getting super popular with his his whole golf spiel. Uh, I'm sure it'll yeah, be more you, in the spotlight, definitely. What do you what do you think of him? Uh I I think it's a whole elaborate show. 
I don't know. I was I was never a fan of Phil Mickelson growing up because I thought it was fake. And then I've come to realize recently that like that's just the way he is and he offers great quotes. You know, the yes. whole the whole holding back thing that Tiger does, Phil doesn't have and like that's a good thing. I I think it's a little too early for me, but uh as of now I am on the negative opinion side of Bryson, which is just completely you know, unwarranted of me because I've never met the guy, you know, and all I see is the stuff that he talks about. And if that's, that's what he believes, then we should just go with it. But that's me right now. I mean, I honestly, I don't, I haven't seen enough of, you know, interviews with him to really know how I feel about his personality one way or the other. Uh, I think it's kind of, it's cool that he is, I think he switched to the, you know, this whole, you know, one length, big grips, that sort of thing in high school. And he stuck with it. Uh, I think that's cool, but uh, the the thing that I don't like is the hat. Uh, the hat. Yeah. <laughs> I, there there was a picture of him. I think I can't remember what it was from, but he had a normal hat, and I'm like, oh, I like that guy. And then I realized I have, yeah, it might be just the hat. It's the hat. The hat's a little weird, definitely. I and mean, I I, 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 I saw you had a a, whole, a podcast title about how we shouldn't be hating on Bryson. Yeah, you know the thing with Bryson, I think personality aside and hat aside (laughs) i mean this guy he's got some game i mean he's i think that's pretty obvious he's the ncaa champion he won the u.s amateur i mean he's got some game now i can't disagree with the perception that maybe this is all show i mean especially after then he signs a sponsorship with puma yeah (laughs) yeah that fits right in with the whole the whole show thing yeah him and ricky pretty much two peds in the, in the pod but I, I don't know in their own special way i guess but he's got some game i'll tell you what and I've, i will slap the first guy i see on, an, on a municipal golf course who's got their clubs all the same length I just stop. <laughs> like i don't do it yeah, definitely i'm with you on that one i mean okay so speaking of the whole puma cobra look thing um when they're at uh Quail Hollow was that three weeks ago now. Uh, they were showing Ricky Fowler from when he uh, when he won that event, and he had the all orange, but it was pretty much exactly the opposite of what he's going on now. Got going on now with the joggers. It was you know the loose kind of baggy pants and uh, the long hair, and it was it was not a good look. I don't think the joggers are a good look either. Oh, the joggers are great. We were, <laughs> we were having this conversation whether, about whether joggers are going to go the way of mock turtlenecks. Adam, do what you do you think, think on that? Do you think uh, McElroy chose to wear those this, this uh, past week? <laughs> joggers no. are great, Mike. Don't worry. I love me some joggers. I have a pair myself that I just wear around the house. I don't have golf pant joggers. I'm wearing um, my joggers right now. Yeah. Nice. But but if they go the way of the mock turtleneck, two things. One, that means Tiger Woods will be wearing them in five years. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Two, I mean, it's just another fashion trend that I think someone's trying to use to – it's all marketing, right? I yeah. mean, it's just all marketing. Now, Mike, to your question, do you think that Rory chose to wear those? Absolutely not. <laughs> this guy from Northern Ireland did not choose to wear joggers. <laughs> can, at, you even, at, can you even imagine the Champions Tour if this catches on? Oh, God, oh, God that's awful. Just, Please let it happen to John Daly. That's all I want. <laughs> Loud John Loud his joggers. <laughs> Put him in some Zumas or whatever. Like those. Uh, I don't know. He's got. He's got a good with loudmouth right now. But good lord, that'd be hysterical. I think they're focus grouping that right now. 
<laughs> well, he could probably buy a few with the 150 grand he got from Fuzzy after turning 50. Good and for John. Yeah, good old Johnny. <laughs> on that note, uh, that's all we got here today. Thanks, Adam, for, for coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered. Uh, we are Golf on the Mind, uh, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks a lot, Adam. Not a problem. Anytime. Thanks, Bye. Adam. See ya.